Welcome back. Good to have you. And welcome to everybody that's joining us on the network now. The Green Bay Packers knock off the defending champions 27-19 last night. Packers didn't give up more than 20 points. Offense was on point. Pass catchers were catching passes. Uh, The play calling, I thought, was fantastic. And uh, the Packers walk away with a victory over the defending champs in something that a lot of people thought uh, this was not possible. And also a lot of people thought, okay, show me. Can you follow it up with what you did in Detroit? And, I look, I was just hoping they'd play well. And it was a game that I lost when we uh, Grant and I go through our picks. I, I didn't win that game. I didn't think that the Packers were going to win that game. Uh, but, damn, that was, uh, that was impressive. Um, I don't know if they could knock off San Francisco. I don't know if they could knock off Philadelphia. I don't know if they could knock off Dallas. But I think that they are right up there with everybody else. And the NFC is a rather shallow pool of, I don't want to say mediocrity, but uh, a lot of teams have fallibility. And at this point in time, it's now you're playing with house money. You know, now you're playing with house money. Because who could you not beat? Out of all, I mean, those teams you're not going to face. So you've got New York, the Giants, they stink. But, I mean, you got to go out and beat them, but they stink. Carolina, we know Carolina stinks. You've got Tampa Bay, who can be formidable, but I don't think they're on that same level. Minnesota, they've gone through their struggles. We know that. Now you got the Bears after that. And the Bears stink. So, out of all those games, you got what? Five games, four of which you'll probably be favored. Maybe Minnesota on the road, you won't be, but I would assume you're going to be favored. You're already five-point favorites. Last night, uh, betonline.ag um, they had uh, already in, in, installed the Packers as a five-point favorite going into the Meadowlands. So they're already favored in that game. So I can't imagine a game that they wouldn't be favored in playing this way. If they're sitting with six wins, they win four out of the next five, they're in the postseason. Something that we never thought would be possible. Right? Solid. Just impressively, impressively solid. Uh, And, again, I go back to just that opening drive, you know, starting it with uh, that, you know, that end around, that sweep to read, that little pitch, and then it culminating with a pass to Sims, the tight end Sims in the corner of the end zone. You just – who designs a play for a guy that's never caught a touchdown pass, that just, just walks onto the team and all of a sudden is here? You know? Hey, we're coming to you. Oh, you know, it's it's like, whoa. That that was brilliant. That opening drive was it's it was impressive and it was brilliant and it was on point. And then to follow that up with another long drive, scoring drive, touchdown drive. Now, the only the only thing you could look at and say last night you kind of screwed up. Well, the final drive of the first half, they have uh, a pre-snap penalty. Hurt you put you back and then that little stupid p 
pitch run on the inside on third and long. It was like, what, what are you doing? You, did, you didn't even attempt to put yourself in field goal range. You took yourself out of field goal range with that, that bad play call. That was one I think if, if I'm at LaFleur, I, I'd probably go, ah, I'd like to get that one back. I'd like to get either a you know Tucker Craft on the out so maybe he can do a little damage or you pick up five, seven yards and be able to kick a field goal, or I'd like to get something over the middle. But that that play call was poor. They punt. They pin Kansas City deep in their own territory on like the two or three yard line, and then Kansas City takes the knee, and that's the half. But that was that was wasted. I thought that was wasted, not getting that field goal. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Uh, would love to hear from you today. Love to hear from you today. A lot of stuff going on, and I, I guess the next question really does become, are you a believer? Are you a? Are, are you now thinking postseason? For a, for a, for a team when we thought, and God, what was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, coming out of Pittsburgh, you played a little bit better, but you didn't win, and we thought, man, not many people in the stands for the Chargers game, and if they lose the Chargers game and then get you know, just beat up in Detroit, Come the end of the season, these last three, four games at home, nah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's going to be ugly, and it, it's a complete, complete one eighty. It's just the, it's completely the opposite. There was legitimate hope for the postseason. There was a legitimate excitement. Now there was a legitimate look over the fence, going, "Wait a minute, there's something here," and it's 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 real. You're not you're not seeing an apparition because you know again. You play well against the Chargers, but the Chargers kind of beat themselves. Okay, uh, yeah, all right. You play well against Detroit, and you're like, wow, you know, but Detroit's your division, and maybe it's Detroit going back to being Detroit. But, ah, here comes Andy Reid and Spagnolo, and they're going to out-scheme you. They're going to outrun you. They're going to outpass you. Ah, this is the test. Here comes the ass-kicking, and here comes the, the balloon being burst and everything coming back down to earth. And then they beat them, and they beat them in fine fashion. Now are you a believer? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. By the way, shout out to our buddy Ben Tajnai last night. He sang the national anthem. He's the uh, the Bucks singer that sings the national anthem. He's the guy that sang it all through the uh, postseason and in the NBA finals and ultimately to a championship. Does such an incredible job, almost an operatic version, if you will, uh, of the national anthem. Huge last night. Nailed it. Nailed it at Lambeau Field last night. So kudos to him as well. It was an all-around great night. <clears throat> it was an all-around great night. And I, I love the fact that they would uh, every now and then show T-Swift, Tay-Tay, up in the suite, you know, kind of fix it. Didn't look happy last night either. Not at all. Didn't look happy at all. And yet you show Simone Biles, who's in a parka, standing on the field out there in the elements. That was that was pretty nice. Then then you got Owens who comes up and makes a big hit on Patrick Mahomes. That was it was like every time they'd show her, the crowd would go nuts. Partly because she's a well decorated athlete and very much deserves the accolades, but the other part of it was like this is our girl, this is our version of Tay Tay, and she's outside braving the elements. You know, she's not she's not arriving in you know big black you know Chevy Tahoe SUVs and bulletproofed up and entourages and people, and she's just hanging out on the field. You know. She's getting ready to head off to Paris for the Olympics. Go whoop some ass there. And, you know, it's just, it was awesome. 
It was awesome. I don't a, think a, NBC ahead. showed Taylor Swift more than once last night. If I remember, and maybe I, I missed once or twice, but I think they showed her once towards the beginning and then didn't bring her up again, which I was a yeah. little... Well, the game was great, right? If it's a blowout, right. maybe you show her a little bit more. And Tony Shalhoub, if you ever watched Monk, Bill was in the house. It was a star-studded night at Lambeau. I saw Tony downstairs uh, when I was getting ready to come upstairs in the elevator early, early on. You know what's really cool? And I'm going to tell this story, and it's one of these self-indulgent stories, and you're going to roll your eyes, and I really don't care because I thought it was cool. Um, years ago, when I was on the network, um, I hosted back, back when – remember when Monday Night Football left ABC and it went to ESPN? And it was uh, Mike Tirico and John Gruden who did the play-by-play and the call. And they were going around city to city that had a Monday night game, and they were promoting the Monday night football and the new crew. And I got a chance to host that event. And so I sat down at like a, you know, kind of a roundtable discussion. But, you know, Gruden was off to my right, and Mike Tarico was off to my left, and I got to, you know, kind of moderate the Q&A and everything. And it was such a nice time. It was just such a, a really uh, a fun time. And so last night, uh, I uh, I went upstairs, and then for those that follow me, I did a, a walkthrough, as I always do. I do, did a video going in. And I showed uh, in the video, I said, hey, look, uh, just past me, because uh, I had my back to him when they went by, just past me is Mike Tirico and the, and the Sunday Night Football staff. And they're all walking. And this is early. This is about four and a half hours before the game. They're all walking towards the media elevator to get upstairs to get into the broadcast booth. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I get over there. I get on the elevator. I come off the elevator, and I'm coming out of uh, the, the elevator through the hallway and towards the media you know, center, and I hear, hey, Bill, Bill Michaels, and I turn around. It's Mike Tirico. I've, I've met the man like three times in my entire life. Now, I, I've known Chris Collinsworth for years because I worked with him at WLW in Cincinnati uh, when I was starting, you know, kind of starting my career, but I, I met Mike Tirico like two or three times. And for not only for him to recognize a face, but for him to know my name and then come up and shake my hand. How you doing, man? And he he follows, I guess, on Twitter. But how you doing? Hey, uh, good to see you. You know, it's Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It was great to talk to you. And he remembered all of that. It's like some people have that retention. I don't. And I, and I tell people all the time, I apologize. I, I recognize faces. I can tell you where we met. Most of the time, or I, I can tell you that you look familiar. Hey, great to see you. Refresh my memory, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, okay. And I know it. I, and I'm, I'm terrible with names. I, Mike came up to me, shook my hand. How you doing? You know, hey, how things going? Man, what a, what, what a, what a remarkable turnaround. Boy, if, if the pack can get a win tonight or if Jordan Love can good look. And he, he spent, like yeah, I don't know, it was maybe two, three minutes. But he made a point to come over and say hello. That's the type of guy Mike Tirico is. What, just what an incredible guy last night. So that, that out of everything else that was going on in the video we got of Taylor Swift and Simone Biles and seeing the guy that, you know, uh, that, that I used to watch on Wings and then became Monk later on in his, his actor, actor career, that was all cool. But to have Mike Tirico come up and know who the hell you were, that was cool. That was cool last night because I'm in many eyes. I'm like Zippy the Piss Boy. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to our buddy Court listening to us in Whitewater. Court, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Unit, I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, not wanting to get caught up in overreaction Monday, you know, but uh, the one thing I said to Grant before is that what impressed me the most is how the Packers had total control of that game from, from the first second 
of that game yeah. against the mighty Kansas City Chiefs. They were in control, and Kansas City was chasing them all night. It was just – it was impressive. It was a great win. It's just a fantastic win for the fan base, you know, to get some confidence going, uh, to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel maybe with, with Jordan Love making his, uh, his progression as we hoped he would all year. And yep. like you said before, a lot of people probably going, oh, boy, I don't know about Joe Barry, but you can't deny what he did last night. It was uh, it was a great night and uh, in a lot of different ways, and it was fun to watch. And it was almost to the point where you wanted to pinch yourself and say, "Is this real?" Is you know you know what I mean? I mean, it was they they went down the field yeah. on two specific drives early on in a ball game and just dissected a rather decent defense of Kansas City, the top three defense in the National Football League, and they dissected them. They ran the ball against them. They set the pass up with the run. They did everything correctly. It was amazing. Yes, and the other thing that I'll, I'll chime in quick and then I'll, I'll let you go is the fact that I think everybody out there and anybody who's involved in fantasy football thought for sure Kelsey was going to have 10 catches, 140 yards, and probably two touchdowns, and he played small last night. They, they didn't yeah. let him. He had some spots where he curled and he got some wide-open looks, but, you know, he, he looked tired at the end of the game, even on the, on the last final Hail Mary. He couldn't hardly yeah. even get up and leap for the ball. You know, so – it is what it is, but, uh, you know, it's just it was a, it was unbelievable night last night. It was so much fun to stay up and watch that game. Yep, no doubt. Appreciate the phone call, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to John listening to us out there cruising around. John, how you doing, man? What's going on? Oh, pretty good. Excited about the win. Uh, I wanted to sort of talk about uh, A.J. Dillon. Uh, how everybody was sort of writing him off in the beginning when uh, Jones was out. And the one thing that I saw and I noticed is for some reason he does better when winter comes. Mm-hmm. Like in December. Now the thing I was wondering is uh, what do you think is going to happen come this off season with uh, – do you think they're going to keep AJ Dillon because he's on the contract here? And yeah. Well, um, I, it's a great question. Appreciate the phone call. Um, there's two things that are going to determine. One is what else is out there, and the second thing is money. You don't want to pay a guy. He's not a breakaway guy. He's a he's a he's a sledgehammer. And ever since the beginning of the season where people were saying, boy, this guy stinks. He can't, he can't pick up yardage. He can't drive it through the, through the uh, defensive front. He, he doesn't fall forward. It, you know, it just it looked bad. It, it did. It just looked bad. Um, since then and since he's carried the ball more because of the injury to Aaron Jones, like I said, he's gotten more balance. He's gotten his, his shoulder pads out over his weight. He's got a spin move where he gets hit and he kind of rolls off. Now he's not picking up 10 yards, but he's picking up three to four, you know, which is what you want a guy like that to do. You want him to be that, that, that pounder that can pick you up two yards when you need one, you know, and he's kind of become that. I don't know what value there is to that. I really don't. But if it works, would I keep him? Yeah. But I'm not overpaying. He's not going to hit home runs, and he wasn't hitting home runs last night, but he's he's a tool. Like, you can use him to grind out yes. yards at the end of the game. 
um it, it's like think of him like a like a truck right like he's a jeep that you can take the take the the top off and you can pull a trailer with it and you don't want to commute to work with that car every day that's why you would need a second car the packers also need aaron jones or some other explosive kind of bigger play running back but he's a great compliment the problem is he's not complimenting anyone right now but he is right. better when it's cold i i don't get no, it either he I, looked great last night he looks better in in december i mean there was a lot of compliments and, and a lot of discussion about that last night uh he does look better in december but you know, when you needed him early in the season, it wasn't there. I, I, I don't know what flipped for him. I don't know if suddenly somebody said, hey, dude, you're running straight up. You know, you're kind of running on your tiptoes. You're running straight up and you're getting stymied back. And maybe he just changed his running style a little bit. Or he just got tired of hearing it. Got pissed off and decided to stick your head down and go after people and use that big body and quadzilla to run over people. Maybe that's just what happened. Somebody challenged him along the way. Uh, uh, but regardless, I mean, he's he's – certainly making a name for himself and he's been a, uh, an asset like you said he's been a good tool he's not the tool in the toolbox but he's a good tool to have in the toolbox and it just depends on what it's going to come down to monetarily by the time it's all said and done that's it 877-867-1670 bottom of the hour we got eric Baranchek at the green bay press gazette stay tuned got a whole lot more of the bill michael show coming up right after this this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231 2023. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. Stoley's Hog Alley, Stolzo 109. Jeff and Alicia own them. Great people. And I got a nice note. I've been talking about the fish fry over there for a while now. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, her and her husband, sent me a note saying uh, they'd always gone over there and gotten the burger. They'd never had the fish fry. Said, uh, hey, Bill, I listen to you all the time talk about Stoli's fish fry. Never tried it. First, let me say that I love the salted rye bread. You're absolutely 100% correct. Thank you very much. Uh, but the fish fry was absolutely awesome, one of the best I've ever had. They even have some malt vinegar, which you don't normally get in a lot of restaurants around here. Awesome stuff. Keep up the good work. And that's from Shelly. Shelly, appreciate the email. But uh, it's good when people go in and, you know, kind of try stuff. Try it, you know. Let me know. Let me know what you think. So always great. Always great. Shelly and her husband, Paul, they went over to Stoli's Hog Alley and had a great time on Friday night. Good fish fry. They got great burgers. They got pizzas over there. But it, you go there because of the people and the staff and 
just uh, such a great time. And then, obviously, it's newly renovated. Then there's Stolzall 109, which is awesome, out there in Watertown on County Road R. Two great places to go, one terrific set of people, and that is Stolzall's Hog Alley and Stolzall 109. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Isaac talking about uh, A.J. Dillon said, I wouldn't give him a big contract or anything, but as fans, uh, we would be the first ones killing Goody if he gets more elsewhere and plays really, really well. Yeah, well, that's the risk you take. If there's ever a player that would take a hometown discount, I would I would bet dollars to donuts it would be A.J. Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think he wants to leave. I agree with you. No, I would, I would probably agree with you 100%. 100%. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, hit us up. Uh, let's go to Steve listening to us in Eau Claire. Steve, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Boy, I couldn't be better after that win last night, Bill. Right? <laughs> Everybody went to bed with a smile on their face going, man, I'm glad I stayed up and watched that. Oh, yes. So I guess I actually have two questions for you here. Uh, first of all, to answer your question about if I am more optimistic about the Packers getting into the playoffs, not only am I feeling better about that, but I also wouldn't completely rule out a chance at winning the division yet. And, and, and here's why. Last night was our final game against a team that currently has a winning record. And Detroit is looking more vulnerable. They almost lost again yesterday. And mm-hmm. they play the Bears this coming weekend, but their remaining po- opponents after that are Denver, Minnesota twice, and at Dallas. So they have a much tougher remaining schedule than we do. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on if we could still have a chance at the division. And secondly, I thought prior to the final drive last night, the officiating was not that bad. But on that last drive, they did everything they could to try and give the Chiefs a chance to tie. I know we got away with the pass interference there. I think it was Valentine. But uh, Gary was also getting mugged on that play, too. So with how much criticism there's been towards the officiating this year, do you ever see them allowing challenges on certain non-pass interference plays like that ridiculous late hit call on Owens like the Canadian Football League does? Yeah, uh, I appreciate the phone call. Two things. Okay, first of all, to answer your first question about whether or not the Packers could win the division, I don't think so. Uh, I I just don't. I think that Detroit – we've kind of waited for Detroit to become Detroit all season long, and they've had some big wins along the way. So I don't think they'll lose the division. Now, I think what you did hear Dan Campbell say uh, last week when he used the words cruise control, and then he had to back, he kind of had to backpedal that the next day in his in his press conference, and I think that was kind of the mentality was like oh we've got a big lead we're going to win the division. All we got to do is kind of win a few more games, and we could end up let the rest of the top of them battle it out between Philadelphia and Dallas and San Francisco. Let them battle it out. We got nine wins, eight wins, seven wins. We're right there with everybody else. We could just sneak into this thing and be the number one overall seed. And he he used the term cruise control, and I I thought at the time, my ears perked up, and I went, "What the hell are you talking? Cruise control? You have never won anything." So I think what's happened to them over the last couple of weeks going toe-to-toe with Chicago, getting beat by the Packers and, and getting a little bit of a scare down in New Orleans. And, again, Derek Carr leaves that game. New Orleans doesn't – New Orleans might come back and win that game if Derek Carr's still in there. Um, I think that was the wake-up call. Those were the wake-up calls. Like, hey, look, you, you, you can't put it on cruise control and expect to win. 
and they're finding that out. So I think they're going to win the division. I don't think the Packers win the division. Now, going back to the officiating, I don't mind the subjective human element. I never have. I never will. Now, looking at plays of inbounds, out of bounds, did he cross the goal line, did he not cross the goal line, stuff like that, no problem. But instant replay has already muddled things up. And we've looked at things where you and I both knew it was obvious. This is a catch. It's obvious this. It's obvious that. And then only to be told it's not. I I don't mind the human element because the game is so fast. But this whole thing about that I was listening to this morning and talking about, well, it's a blatant penalty. And yet, you, you know, well, if you want to throw a challenge flag because up in the booth they say you can challenge, I, I don't want to go there. You know, I don't want to go there. Because you can do it on every play. Every play. You can see holding on every play. You can see a guy grabbing a shirt. You can see a guy you know, hands to the face, you, you can see every, you, then they slow it down into the millisecond of a frame by frame to see if a guy lowers his head or raises his head and how he hits a guy. And uh, it's like, just stop. Just, just, it's football. It's a physicality sport. It's a machismo sport. And sometimes you just got to let them play. And if you miss it, you miss it. And like I said before, and I've said this to this, I've said this to Packers fans going back during the fail Mary, if you allow a call to make the decision on the field for you, you didn't do enough to win the game on your own to begin with. And you should never, and every coach will tell you this, you should never put it in the hands of the officials to leave it up to whether or not you win or lose. You just never do that. So I don't want to see them stop the game and start you know, disputing whether it is or isn't penalties. That's just my opinion. There you have it. Grant, is that good, bad, indifferent? No, I, I think I agree. Something that I'm probably going to talk about on my show tonight, like the Chiefs had a lot of opportunities throughout the game to score and to get back into it. They didn't do it. And the Packers, yep. likewise, to be fair, had opportunities to put the game away before that final drive. So I, I don't think either team has a fair gripe with officiating on that final drive because both teams had opportunities throughout, couldn't right. do it. And then it comes down to the final drive. I, I also think that the refs were so good for three and a half quarters because they didn't really do much. You forgot about them. They weren't yeah. there, which is great. Right. And then they inserted themselves into the game in, in the last couple of minutes. So I, I don't know I, that more refing, more replay is the answer. No. They did everything they could to pr- protect Patrick Mahomes on a bad call, and then they let him play on a makeup call. I don't have a problem with it. The MVS call was really bad. They, they somehow stopped the clock on that. He was going backwards out of bounds. That call yeah. was really bad, too. Yep, and they should have ran off 10 seconds, and they didn't do that either. So, you know, look, they, for, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, boy, you really don't have much to complain about. You really don't. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Eric Baranch at Green Bay Press-Gazette. He joins us next to break down last night's. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A week and a few days, we are going to be in Viroqua, Wisconsin. Looking forward to it. We're going to be at the Norwegian Hollow coming up on uh, Wednesday, December 13th. Come on out and say hi to us. We're going to be there doing the uh, the, the show, the huddle. Going to have a good time. 
So uh, we're going to be in Viroqua, taking the show on the road to Viroqua. Back to our stomping grounds out there. See our buddy Ernie and the gang. And uh, going to be in Viroqua next Wednesday. A week from this Wednesday, we're going to be in Viroqua at the Norwegian Hollow and kind of, you know, heading off around town, but looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. I can't wait to do Christmas shopping out there. It's always great. Uh, all right, let's do this. Let's bring him in. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, coming, on the, uh, coming on the air with us. Eric, EC, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. I, I said all week that I wanted to see uh, them follow that performance from, you know, can, or from, uh, uh, you know, the Lions, uh, Detroit, up with Kansas City, and damned if they didn't do it. And I... That was impre- That opening drive was impressive. From the opening pitch to to Reed, that was the end around, all the way going to, you know, the uh, the pitch to Sims in the corner of the end zone. Something that nobody see- saw coming. I it just I-, I thought it was a terrific game last night. Yeah, uh, I-, I think, quite frankly, the way they the way they attacked things. Um, to, so the first part of the season when they lost Aaron Jones, they really struggled. Um, they, they, they struggled with trying to find a way to attack the perimeter. And the way they attacked the perimeter early in the season was bubble screens, wide receiver screens, little hitches, things like that, zero routes. All those kind of things were the way that they wanted to attack the perimeter because, quite frankly, A.J. Dillon just wasn't, isn't the answer there. Uh, so, so what I thought was what they, they found the successes is they're going to attack the perimeter with jet sweeps, with uh, uh, reverses, things like that, that they're going to try to get the receivers. You know, they got some, they got some good young receivers in Reed and Watson that can handle that. I think Wicks would probably be the next man up uh, that they can do those, that kind of stuff with to attack the perimeter and then just keep AJ Dillon in the middle of the field and just pound it. Um, the, the other way they attack the perimeter is with AJ Dillon on checkdowns. Uh, they did a couple of toss sweeps to AJ Dillon. Uh, out of the shotgun there, uh, which yeah has had some success, but but what that did uh, by by being able to do that, they got to defend 53 and a half yards uh, earlier in the season when they were struggling. You know, the D backs they could just line up and just they don't have to worry about perimeter play because there wasn't nothing coming. As soon as they saw one of those wide receivers or tight ends take a step like a, a zero step or, or a step back, they were just shooting it up and, and blowing that up. They didn't have to deal with it. Now they got to defend 53 and a half yards. And that's really tough uh, on a defense that where they can, they can do that. And then what really happens is they, is the play action pass becomes uh, so much more deadly. You saw it on that touchdown. Uh, that'd be a really good one for people who are watching or listening. Um, on that touchdown, you saw the safety there take one step inside to go down to that play fake. And then Packers had a two-way goal there. If the defensive end was going to be crashing down to the running back, uh, then Jordan Love would have just ran that around the end and went in for a touchdown. But the defensive end, because of the previous weeks of watching Jordan Love being able to boot around and, and do that and get upfield, he sat – tight there and then attack the quarterback and then the tight end you know you saw it so you know you or I could have done well maybe not me but certainly a tight end like you could run out there and catch that still today so to me I thought yes the game playing um, now that they got their offense and they and, the, and quite frankly the wide receivers uh, are, are, are doing their thing that you know I thought that one of the biggest plays or, or things that made you feel good about what's happening uh, was George, was uh, Christian Watson in the back of the end zone going up and getting the football. Right. 
before that, it wasn't happening. It was going up for the football, but he went up and got it. And you saw all the other receivers starting to do that. You see them starting to, to settle down in zones because they're figuring it out. And, um, you know, so that's, that's huge. I think the play with Jordan Love has been pretty consistent, Bill, all season long. Just that, A, whenever they had a big play, there was always a penalty. Or, B, wide receivers are dropping it and not going up and getting the ball. So, you know, what you saw is, is similar at the quarterback spot. There was a little stretch there that was bad. But what I really like to see was how they attack teams and uh, how teams are going to try and defend this team. Because who do you stop of this football team? The, well, uh, the only thing you can stop Christian Watson, apparently, is soft tissue injuries. Uh, we saw him go down again last night. We're waiting for the results of whatever the MRI is today and how that hamstring is. But uh, it, it's it just, man, every time he really starts to get into a groove, there's always something that takes him off the field. The last time we saw this, he came back the following week. But you hope that uh, whatever he, you know, that hamstring that he went down grabbing last night isn't going to be problematic for the remainder of the season. But I'm... I'm not real optimistic uh, the way he looked at this point. Now, let me ask you this. The fact that they go to Sims in the corner of the end zone and draw that play up as if to say we can spread the ball out, we're going to keep Spagnolo off his game. They made sure that when they ran Reed around the edges that, you know, hey, you're not going to just crash on our quarterback and come with zero blitzes. At times they were rushing five. They weren't getting home consistently. It just seemed like whatever Spagnolo dialed up, the offense handled. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, for sure. And on that play, uh, when they came out, they lined up. I mean, they were in heavy formation. You know, they had uh, uh, another offensive lineman in, and they had you know two tight ends. Um, it was like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna run the ball here. They're just gonna try and pound it in with AJ Dillon. And whoops, look what happens. So, you know, it, it's a lot of ball. But it, the key thing is. The only thing that if, if the Packers can run the football effectively. Now, I'm not saying that the running backs got to have, you know, 20 carries for a buck 25. That's not, that's running the ball great, but I need them. Or the Packers need them to run effectively. And that is three, four, five yards at a clip going right down the defense's throat. That is what's going to get the attention of linebackers and safeties to make that false step so that you can get behind them. And, you know, here's the thing. That was one hell of a defense that they were playing against yesterday. I mean, they, they are in the top yeah. five or six in scoring. And, I mean, they're in the top five of the, you know, the top, you know, the top echelon the, of the NFL. That was a real – and that defensive front was really good. I mean, my goodness. Imagine if the Packers had Chris Ford. Jesus, look at that man. So the reality is, is that um, they, the offensive line – was able to step up and they have been playing very good the last two, two and a half weeks and had an effective running game. And that opens up the entire field. Cause now they, again, they gotta, they gotta defend 53 and a half yards wide and they have the speed and the talent to get down the field. And if this is what we kind of all were expecting to see in week three, four, five, six, you know, this is what we wanted to see. And unfortunately it just took a while. And quite frankly, the training wheels had to be taken off a little bit too. So you see what's happened. You see the progression of these young wide receivers. You see uh, an offensive line that's starting to kind of figure it out. And you got a quarterback back there that is very dangerous, not only in the pocket, but outside the pocket and got enough 
of speed to go and pick up those first downs when you need to and not, and more importantly, keep the end man on the line of scrimmage, having to sit there and look and focus on that play pass. So if it's not an RPO, if it's not, you know, so the quarterback can't go around the edge and that slows down the backside pursuit, which gives, you know, a, a running back like, like A.J. Dillon an opportunity to maybe cut back, even though it doesn't look very good, but he can do it. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Flipping sides, going over to the defensive side of the football. I thought, first of all, I've seen over the last couple of weeks a, a more physical football team, a more short tackling football team. Some of the young guys have really kind of started to get their own swagger on. But the only thing that I can point to, and I, I know people don't want to hear the positives about Joe Barry, you know, and about the defense, but you can't, you know, you can't give the credit to the players and then say when everything sucks, give it to Joe Barry. But the only thing that I can say is, Last night, third and long, they rush three, play a soft zone, and leave Travis Kelsey wide open on numerous occasions. I cannot for the life of me figure that out. Can you explain it to me? I can. I can. Because here is – now, rushing three, you know, I'm not the, the – that's not my favorite thing to do in the world, obviously. Right. I, I align with you on there. But when you're looking at Mahomes and how you're going to play Mahomes, he hurts you with his feet more than he hurts you with anything else. He does not like sitting in the pocket very long. And when he does, he hasn't been very effective. They don't have the weapons they had years ago. So so where Mahomes is extremely dangerous, and you saw it last night, when he gets out of the pocket, he buys some time, guys break off their routes, especially Travis Kelsey, you know, things like guys where he has he's able to do that. So to, and this was one of the things that I thought was, was was had to be the game plan coming in was to force Mahomes to throw the ball out of the pocket and keep him in there. And for the majority part of the game, they were able to do that. They kept him in there, and it wasn't very pretty when they got when he made his big plays was again running you know busting up on a twist that 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 didn't end well. You got Devontae Wyatt trying to play contain that isn't going to work. And you got one where where Gary fell asleep and he's standing at. You know, he, for some reason, went down to A-gap, and there's nobody there, and he makes a big and, – and Mahomes makes a big play. That's the one where he had that little fake flip uh, when he's about 10 yards downfield. Yeah. You know, so they got busted in a couple of those, but but primarily they did a really nice job of containing him, and that's the only thing that I think they were hanging their hat on was we're just going to make him sit in a pocket and beat us, and unfortunately they did. Um because I don't think I would blitz the guy, number one, because I don't want him running around the pocket. I want him to stay contained in the pocket around the big trees that he's got to look over and throw over. I know he's got all the crazy arm angles and all that and fine and dandy, but I want to, I would, you know, the way you want to attack him is you want to like kind of like a, like a constrictor snake, right? You just kind of want it to come up from the middle and just slowly collapse. And then when they got their sacks and they got their pressure and forced poor throws, that's what happened. And I think that's what they were going for there. You know, make them try to, to find a spot with eight guys in, in the back there. And that's, that's a tougher thing to do. But you know what? I'd rather do it with four rather than three because at least yeah. there's, there's a little bit more opportunity. You don't have the guy in the, on the center just getting manhandled by three dudes. So well, I, back I just to back feel weeks, like too much. Well, back-to-back back weeks, you've also had Preston Smith start to get after the quarterback, crashing the edges with, with, with Rashawn Gary, and they've been able to kind of keep the edge while still collapsing the pocket. That's why I'm thinking, you know, even if you rush four, you're still putting an undue amount of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, assumedly, that you're going to maybe create something on third down or hurry him on third down to where you don't allow a play to develop with a soft zone coverage. And it just, it, it's mind boggling to me. Like they, they, you know, the old adage is keep doing it until they stop you. And I understand you don't want to, don't want to let anything get behind you, 
but they were they were punching them. And when you had a chance on a couple of different drives to give them that knockout blow, you again you got soft and you gave them more life. And it just it it just drives me nuts. And I just think it's a it's a you know, and that is a you know self preservation mode. You know, a lot of guys and Barry falls into this category too. Between the twenties, we're going to be pretty. We're going to be pretty vanilla, and once you get to the 20, 25-yard line, then we're going to turn it up a little bit. And, and that's a philosophy of defensive coordinators, you know, all the way around. However, with the way that down linemen, the young guys especially, so you, I really think in that situation having four down linemen on the field would have been better than just having three. And the two, the inside guys, the young bucks, they have – now they have the, they have enough – depth where they can do it you know where you got the two young kids and you got 97 who can get in there and make it happen so you got some depth to, to do that and not have to worry about wearing them out and I just feel like that because it, it was working the entire game I mean none of the interior guys well except for Clark Clark on, on, on a, a few occasions were getting anything done but what they did was they just took the pocket and drove it back onto Mahomes' lap. And now he's got to make a decision. If I got a break from it, there's nowhere to go because our ends are in the right position. Well, I guess I got to throw it. So to me, with, with, with exactly aligned with what you're thinking, is I, I think four guys there uh, up front would have been a much better um, situation. And, and quite honestly, um, I probably would have played a little bit more aggressively on the corners, try to beat those guys, make those guys – break off the line of scrimmage but that's yeah that's his philosophy it's been that way forever that you know, we're gonna we're just gonna keep everything in front of us and when it gets to be down into the end we get into the red zone where the field is pretty pretty tight and constricted good luck and well so i don't know that's just that's just how i see it yep no eric i appreciate it as always now if they can just get a win and keep this momentum rolling get a win on monday night all will be right with the world, and that—that's—that's. That's, well, hey, you don't, you don't stumble. You it convinces me. You can't cut me off this soon. Wait a second. Isn't there? First of all, congratulations on the engagement. It's fantastic. Thank Good for you. you. I'll kick in the coverage as usual. So Thank anyway, you. yeah, I—I I didn't do anything on the air about it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, for those that didn't know, Kristen and I got engaged during Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it—it's it, out there now. <laughs> yeah, it's all over social media all weekend so i was dying to get on uh get on and say congrats to you um but yeah you're you're right i i, I you know dropping one to the giants would be horrible but let's face it it's a young team they're on the ascend you're looking at paper they should probably win out right but let's yeah. there's there's going to be a boo-boo there, you know, somewhere along the way, they're going to have a stinker. They're going to throw some picks. So something bad's going to happen. But if the, 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 the whole deal of this on offense, don't have any penalties, at least any big ones that are going to hurt you and play in within your scheme that you're doing right now. And they should be okay. They, and, and defenders defending this team right now is really difficult because, okay, so Christian Watson is gone. A lot of teams that would be devastating on this football team. Okay. You got four other guys that we can just line up. So I don't. I, to me, I don't. I don't see the even if Christian Watson is gone for an extended period or the rest of the season or whatever. I don't see it as a death nail because they have enough where they can do with all these other young guys. They could do similar things. Maybe not as great, but maybe even better in some aspects. But I, I really believe that. Is this is what are you gonna do? Take away the run game? Take away the passing game? Take away a receiver? I mean, you used to be able to take away Devontae Adams, but who do you take away on this offense? I don't right. know. 
Yep. No, I agree. Good stuff, buddy. We will talk to you again All next right. week, okay? Be good. Yep. Thanks. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. Good stuff from Eric Baranchek today. Good, good stuff. Always great to uh, chat with EV and kind of get his thoughts in the breakdown. We are woefully late for a break. Got to take it. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show on this. We'll call it a victory Monday, a green and gold Monday, a fun Monday, a nice Monday. I'm dragging ass today, but I'm all energized. So I would assume by about 2 o'clock this afternoon when we get off the air, I'm just going to, like, drop like a stone. But getting at home at 2.30 last night, getting to bed at 3.30, waking up at 7.30 this morning, ready to go. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show. Come Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Got to take a quick break. Got to go right back to it. And then we'll be back after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. Stay right where you're at. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.